Welcome into episode 143 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Brian DeFelice, joined by Bridget Pru and Scott McLaughlin. The Bruins defeated the New York Islanders 4-3 in a shootout tonight at TD Garden. Uh, two goals from Jake DeBrusque, a goal from Derek Forbert, and then a goal in a shootout from Jake DeBrusque again. And David Pashnak, Bridget Scott, your initial takeaways from the game that was tonight. Well, it's a good win to get because Jim Montgomery mentioned this in his post game, but you know that that first game back after a road trip, especially after a West Coast trip, it you know it's a, it's kind of cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. Like it is, get teams players do tend to usually struggle in those games and. Uh, Montgomery really went into great detail about time zones, both uh, yes, he did. morning skate and after the game. Um, man, we're, we're learning so much about like uh, sports science uh, this year. I feel like Montgomery loves talking about it, but yeah, he said, he said, uh, was a sluggish start. Our bodies were in mountain time zone today. <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah, he talked about how like you, you gain an hour each day when you come back from the West coast or something. That's actually Anyways. That's actually true. But, um, and he also said that because of that, the Bruins first period was probably our worst period of the year. Yeah, it was bad. Um, for so sure. The first five minutes was some of the worst hockey they've played for sure. Um, they get, they get on the power play and then they're able to kind of turn things around. But that first five minutes was, was rough. And he, uh, Montgomery also said that they could have been down by three by the time they scored that first goal, because that's how bad that first five minutes was. But Allmark obviously was a big reason why they weren't in a hole. Yeah, and they and they get the two goals in 19 seconds, and then kind of went back to playing like crap and give one up to the Islanders and go into the intermission two to up two to one. Which all things considered, obviously you know a great position to be in for a game where they definitely didn't have their legs to start. Um, so you know, so Montgomery talked about like how when they were looking at the schedule before the season, this was one where it's, you know, you don't want to call it a planned loss, but they knew it was a game that was going to be tough on them. Um, but they they get it done. They end up taking a, you know, they're up three to two going to the third. For once, they actually don't hold a lead. They've, they've been the best third period team in the NHL. In this case, they give up the tying goal. Um, I thought dominated overtime, clearly had, way more possession and chances in the three on three, um, but can't score. And, but then they get to a shootout and DeBrusque and Pasternak, huge skill plays on their shootout attempts, both kind of, you know, a little bit of dangling and then just float, basically like floating shots over Varlamov. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you got a chance, Scott, to listen to the, to the DeBrusque. Cause obviously you were talking to Zaka. I was talking to DeBrusque, but he was asked about like the approach on the, on the um, penalty, penalty shot, shootout shot, whatever. Um, and he said he he does that a lot against like Swayman and Swayman and Allmark and they hate the slow down like flutter shot. Um, but they stop him now because they know exactly what he's gonna do. So hopefully the book's not out on him if he keeps scoring um in the shootout like that but he said he that's what he wanted to do at first he didn't think that the like it was a good look he thought it might be covered but then at the at the last second he decided to go for it um and obviously worked out yeah he's he's definitely done that at least once before that i can think of maybe a couple times i think that's his Um, go-to move right there 
Yeah, but but to your point, like you can't do it every time because then then the goalie's mm-hmm. gonna know it's coming. But it, he um, he did say it definitely fools a lot of goalies, but like obviously yeah. people are gonna eventually catch on to it. Whereas Pasternak has a lot of different moves. I feel like Charlie Coyle has a few. Coyle was the first person to go in the shootout, and I thought he was gonna st- score, but he ended up falling over Varlamov trying to tuck it under the pad. Or he might have been trying to lift it over the pad, but either way, he ran straight into the pad and fell over. Um, but it was a good move. I thought he might score on it. To keep it to DeBrusque for a second, good to see him score a couple of goals, you know, albeit one in the power play, one believe five on five. Uh, you know, yeah. nothing pretty, just going going to the right area of the ice. And, you know, we talk about Jake DeBrusque's game a lot the last couple of years, and he is successful when he goes and drives to the net and and tonight was a perfect example of it like neither of those goals are going to hit his uh you know career highlight reel but you know effective goals and it, it exemplifies him playing the right way yeah and, and the second one is you know he's it first off it's just a really good rush by by the whole line Zaka starts it with the breakout pass haul through the neutral zone then DeBrusque takes it wide and ends up being forward driving the net. And, you know, DeBrus just lays a nice pass out there, just get it to a dangerous area. And, you know, there's a chance that forward redirects it and instead it goes off the Islanders player stick and in, and in, in, in. So it's a DeBrus goal. Um, I think it was Jake Bailey that it went in off of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just a really nice play by, by that whole line, which continued you know that at times tonight they were a little quieter, but still made some key plays, and that was obviously the best of them. And and you know more solid play from from the Hall Zaka DeBrusque line, which Bridget and I talked about in the last podcast. But it, you know, kind of just cobbled together out of I don't want to say necessity because they started. You know, they had DeBrusque on the top line. It was Pasternak with Hall and Zaka at first, but um in that Vegas game when they got off to kind of a slow start, they changed that up and Hall Zaka DeBrusque is, has been working well. And it, you know, it's not a line that you would really expect to see together. Obviously when, when everyone's healthy, Zach is on the wing, not playing center. Um, but they, they've played like a, a legitimate second line and you're doing that without, you know, without creating the middle, without Pasenak as one of the wings, but those three guys have, have stepped up and seem to have pretty good chemistry. Um, you know, they seem to be finding each other in in good spots and generating off the rush in particular. Well, the, the, the one thing I will say, but I was tracking it throughout the game because you could kind of tell like, okay, obviously you move Zaka from wing to center. He's a natural center, but he's been playing even it with the Devils as well as with the Bruins. He had been playing more wing. And he takes over for Krejci, and he went two for 10 at the faceoff dot of 20%. So that's obviously um, something. And I think that in the third period and in overtime, coach was trying to, like, coach around the fact that he was not doing great at the faceoff dot. Um, You saw, like, Charlie Coyle come out and take some of the faceoffs just to try to work around that um, situation. But other than that, when I talked to Jake DeBrusque, he said that his, I, I said, what's the dynamic like playing on that line? And he talked a lot about how 
it's fa- it's a faster line than when he's on the first line and that he said Taylor Hall is probably the fastest skater in the NHL and he said that he pushes the pace um, and Zaka can keep up so the three of them together um, that line has a lot of pace to it um, and they've kind of been able to use their speed to their advantage and play at, at a really high rate when they've been together. I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, I know you guys talked about it on the last podcast about Zaka and a bit of a Swiss Army knife, and um, couldn't agree more with that assessment. Obviously, Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall has been asked to play a role I think is a little bit unfamiliar to him, but he's done a great job in that as well. Uh, just, I mean, the the depth on this team is unmatched in my opinion when they're healthy. And I know the Bruins have played some teams in the last couple of weeks vegas and colorado we wish we saw them at full full strength but even at full strength those teams would have a tough time matching boston and you know the the bruins next game is december 15th against the kings and you know the bruins are sitting at 23 4 and 1 so that's just you know i'm not trying to uh Gloss over what you said, Bridget, but I, it just came to my mind. 23-4-1 heading into December 15th. That's just insane. I mean, th- what we're seeing out of this Bruins team right now is it's not even like first first place caliber hockey on a given year. What they're doing right now is is kind of historic. And um, tonight's an example of it, right? Like we talked about it, or you guys talked about it earlier in the podcast. Like they didn't play great tonight. They weren't, they weren't clicking all, on all cylinders, but... Um, you come out early on, you kind of blitz them. You get a couple goals, a couple goals early when you're not really playing very well. And yet you, f- you find a way to win the hockey game. And that's a sign of a good team. They're not playing great tonight. They still find a way to win. And, and the Isles are a good team. Uh, and they've the always case. played the Bruins, particularly, um, they, they always put up a fight against the Bruins. And I mean, it goes back to the, the playoff series that they had against each other. They, they just kind of have some parts of the Bruins solved and like JG Pajot has given them fits in the past. Um, Their defensemen have been able to defend the Bruins in the past pretty well. Goaltending, obviously they play against Varlamov this time, but um, yeah, it's, it's a tough team and, and Scott alluded to this, but apparently Montgomery and, Don Sweeney had a talk before the season and they said beyond the fact that they thought it would be kind of a scheduled loss that when you're coming back off the road trip and you're playing a team like the Islanders, that kind of has your number. You really kind of think, all right, I don't know what the calculus is, why they're talking about that in the off season. Like, Hey, this one, we're going to lose. <laughs> like, I, Which I don't is... know necessarily the reason, but that's what he was talking about. I mean, that, to your point, Bridget, like that is kind of, I don't want to say arbitrary, but it is kind of funny how like, oh yeah, yeah this this December thirteenth game is going to be a scheduled loss. When I talk about it back in like September, it's it's yeah. kind of like, but you know, you, you know, you talk about the Islanders, the uh, the Islanders and the Hurricanes are the last two teams to knock the Bruins out of the playoffs in the best of seven, and we saw them play the uh, the Hurricanes earlier this year. Now Carolina was was without um, Terry Vinen and Max Pacioretty in that game. Um, but whatever. So what? I mean, they didn't have patch ready when they beat the Bruins anyway. So whatever. 
Um, but we saw the Bruins come back in that game and, and take care of business. And then we saw them come back tonight against, uh, or it wasn't a comeback, I suppose. But, you know, it. I guess my question to you guys is you, you've seen now a game each against the last two teams to beat the Bruins in the playoffs. Have the Bruins showed you, yeah, like this team gives me comfort if they play X team in the playoffs, especially teams they've beat, they've, they've, they've had troubles in the past against. Is this team, is this Bruins team different? Have they instilled the confidence in you? even in just a couple of games and small sample size um, they've given you this year in against teams they've uh, they've lost to recently. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have to have confidence in them against anyone and be, you could even, Brian, you could even go back three years to, to getting knocked out by Tampa. And I have a lot more confidence in them against Tampa as well. Um, a team they've already beaten twice this year and a team that, you know, for, for years, it was always, how can you possibly match Tampa's depth? And now that's flipped. Now it's, how can anyone match the Bruins' depth? Like, they they clearly look like a better team than Tampa. And, you know, look, you're not going to take anything for granted against a team that still has uh, Vasilevsky and Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman and, you know, whatever. Like, Braden Point, you, you're not, you know, they're always going to be dangerous until someone actually slays them. But um, based on what we've seen so far, like Tampa, does, this this year's lightning team doesn't have the third line that the Bruins do. They don't have the defensive depth that the Bruins do. Um, Can I say? And, st- and the star power at the top of the lineup is pretty even. Like the, you know, the Bruins are one of the few teams that can, can match that, that core that, that the lightning have. So um, yeah, we, we've talked about it before, but like Carolina, has good depth, but doesn't have the star power. Like, I think now you have both. Um, the Islanders, I think we're still kind of figuring out, like, exactly what this year's Islanders team is going to be because they're not suppressing chances quite as much under Lane Lambert as they were under Barry Trotz. Um, they are trying to play, like, a little bit faster and a little bit more offensive. And I think it's kind of had mixed results that have been in large part covered up by the fact that Ilya Sorokin's having, you know, a Vezina caliber, a borderline Vezina season. Um, so, you know, we'll see where, where they end up or if they even end up being a playoff team. You know, they're kind of one of those teams fighting um, to be on the edge, you know, to be like a wild card right now. So, yeah. And it's a close race. Like we mentioned that technically if the season ended today, the, like the Bruins would be set up to either play the Islanders or the Rangers if they both have 35 points and are the two wildcard teams. But right behind them, the Capitals have 34 points and Ovechkin's playing um, incredible. So, um, like, you're right. They might be a team that just barely misses the playoffs this year. Um, And you know what? If you're the Bruins and and you're the first slot and – the Islanders are the wild card team that you draw. I don't know if you like like uh, they're favored in that matchup, but like that's a that's one that you never know. Like they they've had that weird history in the past. Obviously, this this Islanders team is weaker than than that one, but they're kind of like up in the air. Like Scott said, you don't really know what you're going to get. And when you if you hit a hot goaltender in Sorokin, then um, you know that can throw a wrench in things as well. But to, to the point about Tampa Bay, the Bruins are 10 points ahead of Tampa Bay right now, and they've played the same amount of games. Um, the, the closest team in the conference to them is Toronto. Uh, and, and Toronto. And by the way, I, I also think 
legitimately the second best team in the conference right now. Le- Leafs are playing. Well, yeah. them, them are the devil. I mean, I still like, don't know if I like fully buy the devils, I guess. I buy their defense though. I buy Lindy Ruff. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to, we're going to see the devils in, in a couple of weeks when they face the Bruins, but which are also two games that could end up being like, that's kind of scheduled loss situation because yeah. they're playing them in the second night of back-to-backs. I think we've mentioned that before Yeah, in tough situations with travel. And so those are ones that you're like, all right, well that could be a scheduled loss as well. So it's kind of crazy. Like this whole month, it feels like the Bruins have been playing teams under very like, uh, weird circumstances where some of the better teams are missing some of their better players. And um, now you play Arizona and you lose. And (laughs) there's just been a lot of um, games where you're like, okay, well at full strength, I'm not sure how that this plays out. And, um, and then they win some that you don't expect them to. So 23, four and one, and this is not to, I'm not trying to create like a, a negative talking point. I'm more so curious because personally, I don't really have many, but I'm, I'm interested to see if you guys have anything. So at 23, four and one, is there anything that's, that jumps out to either of you? That's um, worth, con- uh, you know, worth any sort of concern regarding this Bruins team so far or potential concern you can see going forward. And again, like I said, they're very, very, uh, you know, their record would say otherwise. I'm just trying to see, pick your guys's brain because i don't really have much literally uh, I could, I literally brian like but not really an injury to Allmark would be my biggest concern and obviously he's healthy right now but like that is the thing that could throw a wrench in this well, that so, would that would be so injuries, injuries you're, you're kind of yeah yeah i would say injuries aside but bridget you kind of just touched on the one that came to my mind which is that Swayman has still been inconsistent this season mm-hmm. and I think you would really like to see him get going and um, be a really consistent, really good one B to Omar so that you can trust him, So you can play him, you know, 40 to 45% of, of the starts and not risk overworking Omar, which remember like earlier this year, especially when Swayman was hurt, Montgomery kind of hinted that like that was sort of a little bit of a concern. He said, you know, we're playing an Elmark more than we want to. Um, and that was sort of out of necessity. And now you've had a little bit more of a, of a split recently, but Elmark gets a second straight start in part because he was great against Vegas. But normally like this is not a situation where you would have had a second straight start going from Vegas to two days later, other side of the country. Um, and I think the reason he got it is because Swayman didn't look very good Friday night. So, you know, you want, you want to be able to trust him, um, to ease Allmark's workload and not get into a situation where like Allmark's getting 75% of the starts, which is not a workload he's handled at any point in his career. Um, you know, you just, you just don't want to risk that. Like, I think you want to have, some workload management there with Allmark where obviously it's looking like he's your number one. He looks like a, a true Vezina candidate, maybe the Vezina favorite right now. Um, by the way, I, I thought he was only okay uh, Tuesday night, which again, is like even more of a credit to the Bruins. They win this without 
even having to have Omar stand on his head. Um, but which goal, it, which goal are you thinking of when you when you reference that? Um, the Dobson goal from the point. I feel like he was kind of screened on that one. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was that. a really good shot. I mean, Sezikis kind of banking the the puck off him. Like things kind of just got a little swirly there. I think um, I, um, one of them went in off. I think it was Grizzly skate. Um, th- there were a lot of weird bounces for goals. Yeah, there were in the game. So it went off Forbert's foot. The Zeke's goal went that tied the game three three. Went off Forbert's foot, which I mean that's kind of hard to blame him on that too. Another weird bounce. A shot from what was like kind of behind the net hits Forbert and goes in. It's it's kind of hard to de- to defend that as a goalie as well. Yeah, I mean he he was fine. Like I said, he just didn't like stand on his head um in the shootout (laughs) he made a nice save to end the shootout true well that last one was kind of shot right at him i think the first was it the first one he stopped i think was even a better save yeah um but anyways like i guess my point is that you you just you want to make sure that Allmark is fully healthy has whatever rest he needs like when you eventually get to the playoffs and to really do that like swayman's gonna have to you know, get going at some point so that you don't feel like, you know, you have to sit them or whatever. 